Hello and welcome to the Swimming Ideas Podcast. My name is Jeff and I will be your host for today. This is episode number 71. Activity, activity, challenge. That's right. Today we are taking a look at the general swim lesson format that we've been producing and talking about for the last nine months to a year. And this is the general guide for teaching swim lessons following the activity, activity, game or challenge formula. And we've seen some great success with it, and I want to share it with you now. Let's get started. right today we are talking about swim lessons or just teaching swimming in general and specifically we're going to be looking at the activity activity challenge formula now you might be familiar with this as i've referenced it multiple times when talking about the digital swim lesson plans and the visual swim skill sheets that you can get for purchase on swimminglessonsideas.com but i've also been uh, talking about this and giving you a a specific reference to it with the level two and level three general guides that I distributed via email uh, the last two weeks. So if you are a subscriber to our email uh, list, and many of you are, uh, you can get that by going to the website swimminglessonsideas.com, sign up for the uh, free premium swim lesson plans that includes day one of level one, day one of level two, and day one of level three, and the streamline visual swim skill sheet. Uh, And that's designed to give you a taste of what those uh, lesson plans and what the skill sheets are all about. Uh, And once you subscribed, you are added to the list. And last week, I sent out to subscribers a sample of the level two and the level three general guide. The feedback that I got from that was overwhelmingly positive, um, which I'm really excited about. Um, and I'm going to be putting that together. So when this podcast, Activity Activity Challenge, uh, Swimming Ideas Podcast number 71, goes live, the general guides will go live as well for sale on the podcast on the website for $9.99. And this is a supplement to the digital lesson plans. Um, and uh, it'll be going live, like I said, for $9.99 uh, on the website. And I'm really excited to share this with you because it's something we've been refining over the last year. Uh, and I've only just started releasing it for people outside of our program to use. Um, But like I had spoken um, in my emails here, I'm going to reiterate that for those of you who weren't privy to it. Um, We've been refining this general format uh, for about a year now, um, and I've been putting on whiteboards the uh, essentially the same thing that I'm putting on this guide, Uh, a list of activities to do during a lesson and a list of challenges to do during the lesson. Most of the additional or supplemental material that is on the general guides 
uh, are things that I would personally say to my instructors over the course of a lesson while I was managing on deck or something that my managers would be talking to my swim instructors about. So this is uh, kind of another effort to empower our staff, empower the people that work with us. And for beginners that are just getting into swim lessons, this is another tool to give you the uh, opportunity to use your own personal strengths while still uh, following somewhat of a guide. So you don't have to come up with everything on your own. Uh, and what I really like about this is that it gives you the flexibility to pick and choose what you want to do in your lesson while still within the parameters of that level. Now, we talk about levels and how you separate out your your swim lessons um, quite a bit on this podcast. And personally, um, and with the success of our program, I really like having a very simple criteria for the different levels. Level one, do you go underwater? Level two, do you do your glides? Level three, can you breathe to the side? Level four, do you know all four competitive strokes? Uh, and pretty much level four can probably be summed up more as can you swim the whole length of the pool, uh, swimming freestyle? Uh, and then in swim team, we teach breaststroke and butterfly because you have that endurance and the power and the strength that comes with it and the discipline to follow instructions and listen and pay attention. Um, but generally, that that's the, the difference between the levels here. Um, Yes, we're teaching all those safety uh, things as well, how to get in and out of the water, bobbing to safety. Those are all incorporated into the lessons as part of the activities and the challenges that we do. Uh, generally, if you can do a streamline or if you can do a front glide, you can roll over pretty easily on your back and continue that back glide. A lot of that just comes from fear of being in the water, not so much having to be taught to do that. Um, a confident, trusting swimmer can pretty much bust out through most of the uh, other program levels that have to do with jump in, struggle to swim, roll over on your back for 10 seconds. Like we can get all that out of the way just by having a level two class who focuses on glides. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of tangenting here on levels, but basically level structure is important for your program because it gives a clear hierarchy of where your, your swimmers are at. And uh, there are variations in levels. So there's like a high level two, a low level two. People who are just getting started doing glides may not want to be in a level two class where everybody is going underwater all the time on their own because they love being in the water and they feel safe. They're just not comfortable doing it on their own yet. Uh, and that that's a very real thing, but that we don't really need to separate them out based on their level. So these general guides follow the level structure of swimming ideas. Level one, do you go underwater for the most part? Level two, do you do your glides? Level three, do you swim with breathing to the side at freestyle? And level four, do you do all four strokes? So I'm going to put in the show notes, the level three general guide, a picture of it. So you can see exactly what I'm talking about. And for those of you that can't see who are listening to this, maybe in the car or while you're running or doing something, which is what I usually listen to my podcast doing. Um, I'm going to explain it enough clarity that you should be able to understand what it is I'm talking about. So, um, okay. Now, uh, let's just get right into it. What is the activity activity challenge formula? So the idea behind this, and it's one that we continue, we actually established in our lesson plans. So when I, uh, 
was working with my staff to write the lesson plans that are for sale on the Digital Swim, uh, their Digital Swim lesson plans and visual skill sheets. We talked a lot about what the general flow of the class should be like. And if you look or if you're intimate with them, you know that it follows a general format of do an activity, do an activity, play a game or, or, or do something, and then come back to a more challenging version of that original activity. Uh, so we're, we're layering in progressive incremental skill work. An example of that, we're going to do, we're going to walk around, let's pretend we have a level one class, kids who do not go underwater. We're going to walk in a square in shallow water, and uh, we're going to do that three times. So make three squares with your walking. And then we're going to put like a, and this is to assume that we have shallow enough water that everyone can stand in. We'll walk in a square three times. That's the first step. The second step, we'll put like a, like a sinking toy or a cone or some sort of landmark, and we'll do a square but when you get to the landmark, you have to put your chin in the water. And then we'll play a game like bake a cake, which is all about going underwater. And then we'll come back to doing the squares, which are high repetition, high volume activities, uh, and which are focused around movement and independent uh, motion in the water and independent movement and how to get through the water safely by yourself. Uh, and then we'll do, well, this time when you get to the landmark, like at the cone, when you're doing your squares, not only do you have to put your chin in the water, but you also have to kiss the water with your lips. Um, and if you can get your nose in the water, bonus. So you can see the first activity was walk in a square. Not really challenging, but it was still getting used to the habit, the activity, the format of everything. It's also the basis for circle swimming, which is why we do uh, it in a counterclockwise fashion. Because in America, that's how we drive. So, And if you're in UK or Australia... I believe you drive on the other side of the, the, the road, so maybe you would do a clockwise, whatever. Um, but we, we move around in a square in this fashion because we follow the circle of swimming, we're following the base. So that's the first. Uh, and the second skill was um, walking in the square, but every time you get to a certain point, you have to put your chin in the water. So we're, we're following the underwater progression, shoulders, chin, lips, nose, eyes, whole head. And then we play a game, we do something fun, and then we come back to it, we make it a little bit harder. And that's this time we're doing the same activity, but not only do you have to put your chin in the water, you also have to give the water a kiss. So again, we're doing that progression, shoulders, chin, lips, nose, eyes, whole head. Um, which is the whole point of level one is to get them to go into water on their own consistently. Uh, so that's kind of baked into our lesson plans. This general guide gives the instructor a single one sheet and it has on there the activities that you should be doing uh, or good activities to do, which you can alter or slightly iterate on to make them your own. Now I'm going to talk more about level three from now on because that's the one that we're going to have on display here as an example. Um, I figured level three would be a good one because it has a lot of skills in it and it has one of the hardest things to teach, which is side breathing for freestyle. And um, I want to take a look at this one because, uh, like I said, it has a lot of different variations here. So uh, the level three general guide, the first thing I'm going to talk about is the picture that you see in the upper right-hand corner. And it's a picture of the 
of a pool with lane lines. And there are two lanes that have uh, pictures on it to kind of demonstrate what you should be doing. The top lane has the challenge layout. So again, we're, we're, the, whole, the whole guide is based around this premise that we're going to do an activity about learning. We're going to do a second activity about learning that's hopefully attached to that first one or an incrementally more difficult one. And then we're going to play a game or do a challenge. So a challenge is kind of what you would do all at the same time in a small group. So in the lane, the kids are spread out and the teacher is amongst them, um, where everyone can participate at the same time. Uh, The second lane in this picture is basically the rotation method in a lane. Uh, You set up your lane, which is one person on the right-hand side and everyone else lined up on the left. And... When it's their turn, they do a streamline, and then they do some sort of instructional activity, and then they move over to the other side of the lane and get back in line. And then they keep cycling through. The instructor stands um, where the uh, swimmer finishes their activity and gives feedback to each round. So, for example, if we were doing three times, do a streamline with flutter kick, the instructor would stay where about at the flags or a little bit closer where your swimmers... Um, may not be able to touch the water so you can pick them up and uh, would say things like lock your thumb or squeeze your ears or look down or remember to kick or streamline immediately. Don't push off in soldier or don't push off in position 11. So the instructor is standing right there to give them feedback every time they do something and they're doing it three times or you can they can do it five times. It's up to you. Uh, Three is kind of the base, the standard by which we do most activities um, and then send them back in line. You can give them a boost or they can swim back on their own. Generally, when we're doing the rotation method like this, I let them do whatever they want on the way back, but that's more of a tangent here. So, uh, that's the picture that you see on the form. Uh, and then the real meat and potatoes of the activity activity challenge formula and the general lesson guide are the activities to do and the challenges that you should do in your level. And the idea behind this, and there's a list of them. So I believe I think there's eight or nine different activities, and I think there's eight eight challenges that you can do as well for level three. Uh, and the activity activity challenge formula, for example, we'll just read the first two activities on this general guide. Three times streamline with flutter kick. So you could do that as your first activity. And then three times, do a streamline, then three strokes of freestyle with no breath. And those would be your first two activities that you would do. And you can see how they get incrementally, so step by step, but more difficult. Uh, They're progressively getting more challenging. We start off with just a streamline, so we're laying the foundation of what we want, which is an underwater glide uh, with a specific hand position. And then we do the streamline. With, and then when they're at the surface, they do three strokes of freestyle. And we want to be explicit here without doing taking the breath because the breath kind of is a difficult thing. We want to establish a good habit of good swimming before we start introducing more challenging skills, like breathing to the side. So the activity one, streamline with flutter kick. And I'm, like I said, I'm just reading off the, the general guide here. These are the first two. And your instructors could... Uh, essentially just go through this on their own. But this, like I said, it's a good format. It's a good basis for them to kind of draw and iterate on. 
so the first activity would be streamline without kick or streamline with kicking. Uh, and then the second activity is streamline with three strokes of freestyle and no breath. And then do a challenge. And then so I look down at the challenge area, which is immediately below the activities. And the first challenge, and when I'm teaching a class, I say challenge number one. And the kids know, okay, there's something coming. And in this case, the first one on here is do two front flips without holding your nose. Now for beginners in level three, generally six-year-olds, uh, five-year-olds maybe, um, I this is not easy because they don't like getting water up their nose or some of them don't like going upside down or some of them don't know how to blow bubbles out of their nose to go upside down. Uh, so this is a good challenge because some of them will be able to do it and it'll be really easy and some of them won't. Um, I tend not to help them with their flips uh, and more encourage them to figure it out on their own because it is such a personal, difficult thing and it's so fear-laden going upside down or having water in your nose, um, not being able to find yourself, your way back to the surface. I don't feel like it's a great idea to flip them for them. It kind of scares them and freaks them out. I used to do that. I've stopped doing that. And I've started telling my teachers not to force them to do flips, to instead if they say they can't do it or refuse say you need to at least make an attempt and maybe they just do a bob that's okay uh, and in which case they would fail the challenge but that's okay failure and not accomplishing the challenge is is an acceptable outcome here uh, so like i said those are just the first two activities on this general guide and the first challenge but those are good uh, kind of examples and your swim instructor um, if they're they're a little more veteran uh, if they've had some experience with this, we'll be able to easily just look at this and say, oh, I know what that means, and then do it. And then it's pretty intuitive uh, that they get progressively more difficult as you go down the list. Uh, and the idea here is that over time, your veteran instructors can have this lesson plan with them during a swim lesson. And if they're stuck on something, they can take a look quickly at this. So they can be like, oh, I want to, I know I'm doing activity, activity challenge. I'm kind of not that good at coming up with challenges that are actually fun and interesting because I don't think about this all the time like Jeff does. Seriously, like I, when I'm coaching, I'm constantly thinking about, okay, how can I come up with a creative, interesting game or activity that is just beyond the ability of my swimmers to accomplish but still related to swimming in some way and some specific skill, which is the whole basis on the how to create fun and exciting and fun and effective swim games uh, was outlining that process so other people could do it as well. Um, so that's where these challenges come from. And I get a lot of chances to trial and error it because I teach lessons and I coach every day. So I'm constantly practicing these challenges. The ones that I've put on the general guide are the go-to challenges that I use. Um, so you can use them as well. Um, my point in saying all this is that it's more of a reference and it's more of a guidestone for your hesitant instructors that know how to do all these things, but may not necessarily um, be comfortable coming up with a lesson on their own, but won't really strictly adhere to the lesson plan. So if you have the digital lesson plans and you want them to use them, that's great. But again, those are also designed for beginners. They're also designed as training tools. They're also designed as uh, not so much strict adherence 
to the level the lesson plans. I mean, you can, and and it's effective, um, but they're more um, guideposts. So do these things, and you can do them in this order. Um, and you know, we'll hold your hand through the whole thing. But as you become more proficient at teaching, you want to kind of tailor your delivery to the people that you have in your class. And maybe you're not doing it exactly in the same way because your two kids are a little bit more advanced than what the lesson plan says. And that's where this general guide comes in. This is for those people that um, are confident with their the level structure. They're confident with they know where they're going. They just don't necessarily know on the fly how to get there. And so they can reference this following the formula, activity, activity, challenge, in a very general way to get them through a 45-minute swim lesson. Now, I say 45 minutes because that's the duration that we teach our group lessons, uh, which I love, by the way. Um, But it can drag on if you don't know what you're doing. And that's why I started putting these these things on the whiteboards to give my instructors an opportunity to run their own class in their own way, accomplishing a specific task, you know, get them to breathe to the side, but in a progressive, deliberate, effective way that's also fun. Um, so that's what the activities are. Uh, I'll, I'll just read off the activities for level three uh, so you can kind of get an idea and I'll go through four of the challenges. So quickly, uh, general activities to do for your level three. And activities, I mean, are skill-based improvement work where they're getting a lot of feedback. For level three, like I said, it's breathing to the side, so a lot of it's going to be focused on freestyle and backstroke. There's some breaststroke kick in there as well and some 11Y eat and reach, which is uh, the basis, the choreography, I like to say, for breaststroke. So the activities. Three times, do a streamline with flutter kick. And that means everybody goes once, again, in that square, a rectangle, actually, because it's a little narrower and longer. But three times, streamline with flutter kick. Three times, streamline, then do three strokes of freestyle with no breathing. Uh, three, Everything is three times, so I'm just going to cut that. Um, streamline with three strokes and one breath. Uh, streamline five strokes of freestyle with one breath. On that one, you can also add addendum to it is that there's no breathing on the first stroke or the last stroke. And that's a good habit to establish right away at the beginning when you're going into flip turns. You don't want to breathe on the last stroke and you don't want to breathe on the first stroke. And that's why we do that there. Also, when you push off and you're swimming, you don't want to take a breath on the first stroke because you don't need to. You just did. Um, streamline on your back on the surface. Uh, again, three times, three times streamline on your back. And then when you get to the flags, do three backstrokes. Again, we do that because it cues the flags for counting strokes. So once you see the flags, you do three strokes. It works the same way. We'll, we'll do a streamline to the flags, stay in streamline, even if you get to the surface. And then once you get to the flags, do three strokes. That's so again, that's introducing at a really early stage the same language and terminology we're going to use when we do backstroke finishes and backstroke flip turns because they're counting already. We're getting them in the habit really early on without even mentioning it, um, that counting with the flags. Um, going on here, a 25 freestyle kick and a 25 backstroke kick. A 25 catch-up swim with the kickboard. That's where you hold the bottom of the kickboard, put your face in the water, and one hand is always touching the kickboard, so you do one arm at a time or catch-up drill and then a 25 catch-up swim freestyle with the noodle 
So you can see those are the activities uh, that should kind of form the basis for your instruction. Um, the rest of it demonstrate like if you, okay, and then we'll the challenges. I'll read four of those here. I've already read the first one. Do two front flips without holding your nose. I'll do four more. Uh, go under, touch the bottom with your butt, then also put two feet on the wall. So this is getting ready to do backstroke streamlines and falling underwater first. Uh, the next challenge, spin around two times without touching anything and treading and keeping head above the water. So the challenge is to keep your head above the water completely whilst not touching the floor and spinning around in a circle twice. And this is treading water. It's just a fun, challenging thing. It's pretty easy if you know how to do it. Um, you can also say like only using one arm or um, the next challenge, uh, float on your belly for two seconds, roll over onto your back, hold that for two seconds, and then roll it onto your belly again, and then do a front flip. Uh, if you follow another lesson level structure, uh, that one challenge like meets the criteria for like three of the different levels. Uh, so I just put that in there because it's a good, fun activity. Um, and then the final one I'm going to read off here is jump in feet first, touch the bottom, and then swim to the instructor who's three body lengths away. Uh, and again, that's also a level out skill for a different program, uh, but it's a fun activity that you can do in about five minutes or five minutes here. So um, even less than that. Uh, so yeah, I think you get the general idea of the activity, the activity challenge format. And uh, the benefits of it are pretty significant. Uh, you have uh, a, a core skill that you want to teach. You do it once or three times, and then you do it a little bit more challenging. You get a, you add a little more steps, um, and then you do a fun activity that kind of resets their interest and enthusiasm in swimming and makes it the lesson fun, but is also connected to other skills and activities in, in swimming. And they're not just wasting time activities. They're challenges, and sometimes they fail. Um, and you, you, I would say them as like challenge number one, challenge number two, challenge number three. Um, as you go through the activity, activity, challenge, activity, activity, challenge, activity, activity, challenge throughout your lesson, you can just repeat this formula over and over again. Um, it's, it's great. It works really well. And then the 45 minutes are up and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that we did all that stuff and they had so much fun. And they're like, oh my gosh, it's time to go already. I had so much fun. Um, let me just go over the rest of this general guide. Uh, like I said, I think the activity, activity challenge is pretty explanatory here and is really the best part of this guide. Um, to the right of the list of activities and challenges, there is language, a section on language. And this is uh, specific instruction for level three or whichever level you have on what to, to say specifically to your swimmers. Now, for example, uh, the first one is start immediately in streamline. Uh, and then it gives you the three things to streamline. Lock your thumb, squeeze your ears, and look down. And that language is specific. Begin immediately in streamline. Because when our swimmers push off the wall, we don't want them pushing off in position 11. We don't want them pushing off in, like, soldier. No, we want them to initiate their streamline immediately. Between the wall and their stroke, it should only be streamlined. And we want to begin it as soon as possible. So you grow into streamline. Um, another, the second part of language is streamline first 
and then do three strokes of freestyle. And that's specifically crafted. You want to, we're separating out streamline as an activity because it's a distinct portion of their, um, their swim. Streamline first and then do your swimming. It's not push off the wall, jumping in the air, and then flailing your arms in circles like most kids do if you don't specify this specific, if you don't specify the specific language, streamline first. Um, that's in there for a very uh, deliberate reason, and it's because beginners need that uh, explicit cue, streamline first, or they're not going to do it. They're just going to push off with their face. Um, uh, so, so there's a section on the specific language the instructor should use when they're teaching their class. Next to it, going to the right, are the instructor tips, again, specific to the level. Um, for level three, give feed, some of those tips are give feedback every attempt, say something to the swimmer to improve, uh, even if it's just something like next time look down uh, with your whole face. And then the next tip, focus on the most important error or fix. For example, the head and body before you talk about the arms or the hands. Now, we teach and coach from the perspective that the core, the core, the spine, the posture is more, the breathing is more important. Uh, if you've been following our podcast episode number 69 with Dominic Latella from the swimbox.com uh, and the foundational breathing method, we talk a lot about why breathing is foundational to swimming. And I'm going to give a follow-up podcast on that, on how it's been playing out in our swim lessons, specifically in our developmental two group. Uh, but my point in mentioning that is that uh, if we fill up our, 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 our body with a 360-degree breath and then do the streamline, we get a really nice, straight, uh, good body position. And that's more important than the specific path that the hand travels when it's doing the arm stroke. In the beginning, we don't really care as much as long as it's some sort of circular reaching to position 11 with every stroke motion. Um, we don't care about the fingertips squeezed together. Yeah, it's a good thing, but that's a simple reminder we can tell someone when they can swim 25 yards freestyle with breathing. Um, that's a simple fix. Having a body position and posture uh, held correctly for a full 25 that's a much more difficult mountain to climb so we're going to spend our energy focusing on that so focus on your core your head and your body before you start giving specific feedback on oh your fingers need to be together when you're cupping the water like that's superfluous it's not really necessary it's not going to help them swim any better um, in a large sense yes it'll help them go faster but if they can't swim five yards what does it matter what their hands are doing so those tips are designed to kind of cut out some of the wasteful things that beginners might be focusing on um, and focus their attention on the most important the the 80 20 rule you know the 20 percent of things that give you the 80 percent of results that's what we're looking at here and that's what that tip is for uh, and then other things like give one positive and give one improvement. So say something nice every time they do something. On the bottom of the general guide uh, are the testable skills for that level. And then kind of a, a, a general focus, what you should be spending your time doing. So level three testable skills, 
semicolon, focus on freestyle and backstroke. Our primary goal here is um, freestyle breathing to the side and body position with backstroke because it helps your freestyle. Yes, we demonstrate 11Y eat and reach. Yes, we demonstrate breaststroke kick on the edge, just sitting on the side. Yes, we demonstrate butterfly arms, but we can do that in one lesson over the course of 10 minutes. Um, so it shouldn't be the general primary focus or something that you're doing for 35 minutes every day. Instead, your focus should be on freestyle and backstroke. Uh, and then you can see those at the bottom. They're separated out, front crawl, eight meters with breathing, front back crawl, eight meters with body at the surface. And then I already said the other level criteria for level three. Uh, demo, demo 11 wide in reach, demo breaststroke kick, and demo fly arms. And that's it. I mean, that that's the general guide, and it's designed to be a one sheet. Um, I'll be putting a sample lesson plan on the back uh, that you can uh, use just as a general example, uh, which will just have activity, activity, challenge, activity, activity, challenge, activity, activity, challenge. So it'll be just be three rounds of different activities and challenges to do. Um, uh, but I want to know what you think. You know, do you use this formula in your swim lessons? Do you use a variation of it on your swim lessons? Are you encouraging your instructors to start teaching on the fly? Um, I want to know. Send an email to me, jeff at swimmingideas.com. Uh, that, that is right, jeff at swimmingideas.com. Um, you can connect with me on Twitter at swimmingideas or on Facebook at swimmingideas. I know there's a fervor over Facebook right now. Um, but I still check in on it regularly. Uh, but I also want, I also want to address this. So a lot of the feedback I got from the lesson plan, this general lesson plan from people that responded, uh, liked it a lot. Uh, they liked the uh, general format of it. Uh, but I want to know from you what you think about, uh, not having long form lesson plans. Uh, I know a lot of people use them in their programs or they're required to use them when they're teaching. Um, and I mean, I get the idea of having a plan for your lesson before you get in. I don't necessarily think that you need to have a plan every time that you teach a swim lesson. Uh, right now, I don't write a lesson plan for my developmental two group, but I write a lesson plan for my developmental one, which I'm coaching immediately before that. And I've been doing this for eight years uh, and I have a good idea of the flow and what I need to accomplish. I know that the first four weeks of my developmental two group, I'm going to be focusing more on the format of the way we do things, uh, which follows a very similar pattern to um, this activity, activity challenge format. So for our developmental two, we're doing, uh, we do our standard warm up. Uh, 100 IM kick, 225s position 11, the question of the day, which has a 50, and then 425s on a minute, uh, usually kicking to begin with because I want to get their endurance up and I want to get all the new people into reading the clock and how to do things on a minute and five-second intervals. Uh, and then we split up into two groups and we do small skill, three times streamline with three strokes, and then we do uh, a different one that's analogous, so three times streamline on your back. And then... Uh, everyone does that. And then we do a longer distance swim, maybe four fifties or eight twenty fives, where we, uh, focus on whatever skill we just practice in the small groups. So maybe that's freestyle 
with your body uh, taking a 360 degree breath, filling 80% and keeping it full while you're swimming. Um, and then we'll split up into another group again. Activity, activity. Um, we'll do a progressively more difficult skill. So if we did three times freestyle, this time we'll do five times with one breath. And then in backstroke, we'll do streamline to the flags and then three strokes. Um, you'll see a lot of bleed over between swim lessons and swim team. And that's okay. Uh, the feedback gets more grueling and more exact and precise, the better you are at swimming. And we can always find something to give feedback on. Maybe you didn't streamline correctly, or maybe your streamline was sloppy, or maybe your freestyle arm hit entry was not exactly where it should be. We can always be giving more refinement to our swimmers. My point in saying this is that um, I don't think you necessarily have to be doing a long form specific, I'm going to be doing this for three minutes, and then I'm going to be doing that for three minutes, and then I'm going to do this for five minutes and sticking to it rigidly. That's what I like about the general format here is that we're giving our swim instructors the, um, the confidence, the uh, empowerment to look at this list, make a choice for themselves, what is most appropriate for the kids that they have in their class that day, and then do those activities. Yes, we want them to use specific language. Yes, we want them to follow the tips that we've outlined in, a, in the lesson plan. Yes, we want them to be... Um, within the cage of working on these skills for this level of kids. Yes, we want things done a specific way, you know, how they set up their lane, how they push off and streamline, how they do a shorter distance skill work. You know, all that's controlled, but the order in which they do it, it's important, but it's not always as rigid. It doesn't have to be the same thing every day. And you can feed off the kids in, in the water and have a rapport with your kids. Uh, so you're having a fun but still effective swim lesson. And that's really what we're all about is how can we get our swim lessons to be both effective and fun at the same time so our swimmers want to come to swimming, they want to have a good time, and they are going to get better as a result of it. Let me know what you think. I'm, I'm really excited to hear about this. Like I said, it's available for $10, $9.99 on the website. Uh, this is the general lesson plan. Um, and there'll be one for level one, level two, level three, level four. Uh, and I'm going to do a developmental, uh, groups as well. So, uh, take a look at it, buy it today, send your feedback, let me know what you think. Um, and tomorrow we can teach better lessons together. Take care. And thank you for your time. I really appreciate you listening and to everyone that's been listening lately. Uh, thank you for your encouragement, for your downloads, for your subscription, uh, it really means a lot to me, and uh, it's a big reason why I've been um, really getting into this. So uh, also as a shout-out, um, we will be doing an episode on how to teach swimming with autistic kids. I've had a lot of requests for uh, adaptive lessons and special needs, uh, so I think that would be a really exciting thing to do um, and talk about and hopefully give you some good tips and and how to teach a lesson to someone with autism. So uh, look out for that. I'm not promising it's going to be the next podcast, but it is planned for the future. And I'm right now currently just looking at um, people who have an adaptive physical education background. So uh, if that's you, reach out. Um, I do have some contacts that I'm connecting with, but maybe we could do more than one uh, from different perspectives. So again, like I said, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Uh, and to reiterate, tomorrow we can teach better lessons together. Take care. Thank you.